We live, baby. No, you're alive. I'm dead. Aren't we I'm all? I'm dead on the inside. Aren't we all? That's a beautiful way to start the podcast. <laughs> We're all dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to season it's two. It's our emo phase. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, we are we're lore whores with attitude now. <laughs> oh god. Season two. How you doing today, Brandon? How you feeling? Man, so you know how we've been talking shit about something for a while and I finally got around to like educating myself on it. Are you gonna say Chicago? <laughs> no, actually I don't have any Chicago material for this uh for this adventure today. oh remember the lottery ticket the the winning billion ticket was found in chicago oh that's right that's mm-hmm. right. yeah the guy who won a billion dollars in chicago <laughs> and walked away with 400 yeah. million because uh the daddy government gotta have their peace you know the irs robbed that that person whoever they are <laughs> that poor fucking man like yo yeah, winning the winning the lottery in Chicago is also a bad time. To see. <laughs> but what are, what what have we been talking shit about? Oh, uh, Chip and Dale. We're Rescue we Rangers. were talking. What, what do you mean we were talking shit? Well, by us talking shit about that, it was like three times now. I've brought up um, the internet bullying Sonic. Yeah, yeah, ugly Sonic. Making a new Sonic, and he's in the, you know, you would always be like, well, he's in Chip and Dale. Yeah, you were super excited when I when I told you that. Yeah, I finally got around to watching it. Oh, I have It's actually pretty Stop good. Stop fucking around. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I'm actually not fucking around. It's actually pretty fucking good. <laughs> like, I've wanted, I want to talk shit about it so bad, but I can't. Because <laughs> it, it, it's so self-aware. <laughs> That it's like, it works. Yes, the only reason that movie is is good is because it's self aware of what it is. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Like, you just have to watch it, and you'll know what I mean. It knows what it is and what it's set out to do, and it it's just as willing to make fun of itself. <laughs> it's it, like it's wild. Like, I don't know who the who directed it, but it was it was really well done <laughs> like, is otherwise that movie was going to suck. Like if it was not self-aware, it was going to suck. Is Andy Samberg the goat in this movie? Mm-hmm. And is fucking John Mulaney in it? Uh, I, I, I think he, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not going to say, I think he is. I have no idea, but I would not be surprised, but let's find out. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's the other one. Seth Rogen was unbearable throughout the whole thing, to be honest with you. Oh. Um, he's just, He's another person that Hollywood just needs to kind of stop. <laughs> I'm pretty hiring. I'm, my man has kind of like disappeared into the to the ethos. Like he he's doing the voice As on Invincible, but that's about it that I can think of. Yeah, just uh, kind of over him to be honest with you. Like, kind of over him. Uh, yeah, his his character was just unbearable throughout the whole thing, which sucked because it was supposed to be a funny character. But um, it was it's the laugh at my own jokes kind of humor. Mm. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Um, yeah, John Mulaney, awesome. Andy Samberg, awesome. Uh, Kiki Lane, she did fucking rad as fuck. J.K. Simmons, as yeah. always, anything he touches is fucking <laughs> gold. gold. Midas touch. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, on the not Val Kilmer list of movies to watch, 
Uh, oh, why did I draw a blank? Such an amazing movie. Ah, uh, you know which one? The is drums. It, is is it? I want you to suffer. I want you. I to know. Suffer. Just, you know this movie. I fucking went on a tirade for like eight months about how good this movie was. Uh, I feel so old. I feel old at this point. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Uh, Whiplash. There you Whiplash. go. Whiplash. I'm like God. <laughs> Such a great movie. Whiplash was fucking phenomenal. I make everybody watch Whiplash. It's a good, yeah. Like if you come into my home and you haven't watched Whiplash, <laughs> we're watching Whiplash. Fucking love that movie. Featured on the not Val Kilmer movie list. Yeah, that might be like one of my tops for the not Val Kilmer oh, list, to be honest man. with you. It's up there with 310 of Yuma. Can we talk about how he didn't need to get swole for that movie? No, but I think it was around the time he was... um. What was he doing? He was um he was Commissioner Gordon, wasn't he? Yeah, he was Commissioner Gordon. Was he? We completely forgot that J.K. Simmons played Commissioner Gordon in Batman vs Superman. Did he? I'm really? pretty sure he did. I knew he wasn't. Um, I knew he wasn't. He well, he was supposed to be in the Batgirl movie that got canceled. Thank God. Well, so allegedly. So there's two there's two stories to that, right? So allegedly, yeah, he did. Yeah, he fucking played Commissioner Gordon when uh, Ben Affleck was out here branding people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So apparently, the new guy who came in, the new CEO, he's like, nah. He's like, the movie doesn't work because it's too small scale. Plus, they already got rid of HBO Max. So he's like, we're gonna big, we're gonna do big theatrical movies. Uh, but. It looks like Dude Man killed the the DCU plan that they were having, cause there was a plan. Well, yeah, that was the whole, that was the <laughs> that was the whole point of uh, the Flash movie. The Flash movie was supposed to be um oh oh uh, was supposed to be like the the reboot. Yep. Of the mm-hmm. Okay. It was gonna be their um their their Flashpoint. It was supposed to be their Flashpoint. We'd see Superman pass the mantle to to Superwoman, um, Batgirl. We like Batgirl would be the new thing. That would be, I guess, Ben Affleck's like send off. That was like the whole fucking thing, right? And a lot of people are like, "This is gonna be terrible." But yeah, the new guy came yes. and said, "No." Nope. Yeah, it just sounds absolutely fucking terrible. <laughs> what a poor decision. Yeah, yo. Matter of fact, they have Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton shot a whole bunch of fucking scenes for all these movies, yo. That's why Ben Affleck is back. He's doing all the reshoots. Man. So who knows? Who knows? I'm I'm very I'm very excited just because the guy did come out and say he's like, listen, we're not gonna do these small films just because we wanna have big theatrical films, as well as we're putting together a 10 year plan for these movies. So no more of this crazy <laughs> We're going to put a movie out because we want to put butts in seats. Like, it looks like they're going to, like, we're going to build up to shit and see how it goes. Oh, you mean the tried and true method that is guaranteed to work? Weird. What a weird fucking wow. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) All right, Owen Wilson, chill. But um, overall, just real real quick, to back to Chippendale, would you say that this movie is... Out of this world. 
I wouldn't say it's out of this world. I'd say it's good. It's good. Okay. Well, I know what you were trying to do there for a segue, and I swatted it. Yeah, down you just like because sh- fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. I'm not your friend today. I don't know why. <laughs> I like it. I saw it, and I literally was like, no. You, you straight. You did me like Mufasa. Like you looked at me hanging on the cliff and was like, I'm about to fuck you all your fuck bitches and <laughs> nails. <laughs> Oh, but yes, what a fantastic movie. I would even say it was out of this world, Kenny. Out of this world, Kenny. <laughs> I'm not editing this out. I hate you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Season two is live. We did a thing. We we did things. My man is angry today. Just at the just at everything. It's fine. <laughs> I'll get over it. <laughs> nah. Yeah, you, you know what's funny? Me and you have similar days because I was raging in the morning. <laughs> oh, I didn't start raging until like noon. Oh man, look at you. A late a late day rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when rage speaking of rage, remember when Rage Against the Machine actually raged against the machine? Ah uh, yes. I believe it was the early nineties was was the time of all the raging. Is what I hear. Yeah, they were. Yeah, now they are the machine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they they rage a little bit. They still got they. You know they mm. they occasionally rage. No, no, they do not. No, <laughs> no, they do not. They do not rage. They are uh, the same corporate shills that they used to sing about, and it's hilarious whenever they do an interview. Oh man! Oh, you're raging today for real. Just everybody's getting it. No one is who, safe. Just, just, just walk in front of me, <laughs> y'all. I am your co-host Kenny Gomez, aka Ken Dog, and here we have the original Red Hulk, the Red Martian himself. We call him Brandon Damon. Brandon, how you doing today? <laughs> you know. Raging. <laughs> raging. <laughs> just casually raging through the neighborhood. Just, yeah, just having a casual rage. It's all, it's all right. Everything is fine. Good Lord. That's how we're kicking season two off. Pure anger. Which definitely is the right vibe for this game that you picked out. It is a very violent game, especially once you uh once you get the combat down, it gets real violent real quick. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still having the the hard part. It's all me. I'm not going to blame the game for it. It's definitely a me error on uh, getting the combat down. Did you finally just get the damn controller? I have it sitting next to my desk. Okay, good good man. Good, I good man. Nope. <laughs> Bro, just play it with the controller. Nope. Nope. Refuse. Your, your dedication is amazing. I felt my IQ drop by 20 points as soon as I picked it up. It's not high to begin with. (laughs) There's not too much going on up there right now. (laughs) Oh, man. But y'all. But yeah, I was going to say, Ken Dog, bring us in. What are we? uh, So you picked out this game. I did. I did. So for season two, we are going cyberpunk sci fi. Well, Cyberpunk's Cyber I don't know why I said Cyberpunk sci-fi. Cyberpunk meets Matt Damon meets Tank Girl. I don't know if you remember that movie Tank Girl. 
you know, I always nod my head because I know of it, but I've never watched it. Oh man, it's it's a it's an interesting movie, it, and the the premise of the movie follows the premise of the game. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are talking about the Technomancer. Are we talking about a '90s DJ high on ecstasy playing in an underground club? Yes. What? <laughs> I mean, no. Damn it. <laughs> back in, back in. Wrong Brandon. script. <laughs> I, I picture a Brandon with hair <laughs> dancing a techno in trance. <laughs> what a terrible thing to imagine. I'm sorry for that nightmare you just lived through. Oh, my God. <laughs> the whitest dance moves. <laughs> But yeah, y'all, we are talking about the Technomancer. Uh, Technomancer, honestly, it's uh, is an action RPG. It is made by a French developer by the name of Spiders. Uh, they've made some wonderful games. They've actually been in the in the space for a while. I think at the trajectory they're going, they could uh, be the next Bioware. But uh, you the the biggest thing to keep in mind with Technomancer it is like a it's a B movie game, as in there are certain things that needed to be polished and they weren't polished. However, the studio figured out what worked and what didn't work in the game, and then they brought it to their uh, so another game they made. I'm gonna say it's a spiritual successor uh, called Greedfall, and that game is phenomenal. Overall, uh, Technomancer is a dark, gritty game. Uh, I think, honestly, it, it's one of the best games where I feel like all my choices do have consequences. Um, I I think, Brandon, honestly, I've, I've played this game four times already. Jesus Christ. I've played it four times already. Different places. I can't give you everything. too much shit because <laughs> the next one we do for season two, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. So I'm not going to give you any grief. Oh man, I thought. See, you're just like Rage Against the Machine. You're not raging. Oh well, that game. No, that game will not make you rage. The following, the next one we're doing will not make you rage. It will make you cry. Oh, but this one, this move, this game. Um, story wise, it is very dark. There, I uh, there are certain things that are said and done in this game that actually took me by surprise. And you can tell the studio was definitely. Um, they did a good job exploring it. Um. But yeah, honestly, it's it's just the fact of your all your decisions mean something and they do impact a lot of things that occur toward the end of the game. Um, Combat-wise, it is quick. It is fluid. Um, this game does not want you to play defense. It wants you on the offense all the time. Uh, but I have a wonderful time with it. It's great for, for combinations if you want to get technical. Um, Setting-wise, setting there are different... There are different levels, but there's a lot of similarities to it, given the fact that the, the atmosphere of the game. But we'll we'll talk about that toward the review in the end. Um, but Brandon, what did you want to add to that? Man, I don't want to add much. Like I think you damn near <laughs> summed it up. Let's wrap this baby up. Let's go on to episode two. Oh shit! All right, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But no, this is going to be a few episodes long. There's um. One thing I do want to do say about it, um, right now the game you can pick it up pretty much anywhere on any system. On Steam, it's currently nine ninety nine, and I would wait for a sale. 
And that's nothing disparaging about the game. It just didn't age well. Is all I'm going to say about it. Like, it didn't age well, and you can definitely tell that it was the company kind of... It's the game that finally gave the company a direction to go into, if that makes sense. Like, that's where they found their footing, finally. Um, So, the plot, the storyline is fucking phenomenal. I love it so far. The only thing, it's kind of like what you were saying earlier, it's kind of just awkward pacing at times. Mm -hmm. And, And that kind of goes against the game a little bit. And the combat, it is fluid, but if you're using mouse and key, it's clunky. Oh yeah, oh, clunky. Ooh, it's oh. not intuitive. It's not intuitive combat. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, there are some things I ran into even with controllers. So the review will be fun. The review at the end of uh, the series will be fun. Oh yeah, that's the other thing we didn't because I don't. This is round two. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we will be doing since season two is more condensed than it is with season one. Like, hey, season one is still going to keep going on with Halo. In fact, I think next week we have an episode dropping for Halo, right? Yeah, it should be. Yeah, it's supposed to be a week on and a week off. So for all our original listeners, we still care about you. Yeah, we're not abandoning it. Don't worry. It's uh, it's it's a week by week. But um, yeah, we're going to, for season two, when we finish a game, we're going to give a review at the end of all the lore dumping that we do. After we get done dumping all over the place, we're going to dump another review on you. It'll be interesting to see how we compare with how I'm doing it compared to how you're doing it. Because this is like your thoroughbred game. <laughs> like, you know it in and out. <laughs> and I'm I'm dragging my skull along the ground. <laughs> but it's no fault but mine. I'm not complaining. <laughs> but Man, dude, it'll be interesting. I, I'm telling you, at some point, just plug in the controller. At some point, just because there's, Dale, there is, there's one particular quest line I want you to play. Just because how it ends is not what I expected in a game. So. All right. Yes, but y'all. I'll consider it. He'll consider it. He'll consider it. So. I'm going to I'm going to paint the world. Um, but I'm not going to reveal too much. Too much yet. So essentially, I want you to picture a world where. Earth. Earth finally made it to the stars. And like any good sci-fi movie, TV show, game, you gotta colonize Mars. It's just foundation. You got to. It's the only way. And um, essentially, Earth sent people up to Mars. And when they got settled on the planet they lost contact with earth and for some reason even even in the current age of the game earth has never tried to to make contact as well as everybody on mars has lost contact with with earth so there for some reason there's been a whole breakdown of communication everyone is stuck on mars and everything on the planet is finite Brandon, for the people at home, what does finite mean? Itty bitty. Itty bitty. <laughs> Not a lot, buddy. <laughs> so, pretty much, we showed up to Mars with a six-pack of beers, and we're down to our last beer. 
but everything on the planet is finite and everything is sacred. There is a limited number of people on Mars to the point that killing is actually frowned upon. What a world. That It's wild. So essentially, the way they fight wars and battles is different. You only have to um, put, your, put your opponent, you got to get them to submit to you, but you cannot kill them. Cannot. The other thing, and like any good, great sci-fi show is, the world, after they lost contact with Earth, they also came and became under the control of corporations. Now, these corporations have monetized a particular resource on Mars. And Brandon, in the words of Matt Damon, what resource was that? Water. Water, ladies and gentlemen. I I said water. Water? (laughs) Water? So... I got Matt Damon and Mark Wahlberg mixed up in my head. <laughs> I mean, they're they're both from Boston. As long as you said, as long as if you said it in a Boston accent, you know. Was that was that a Boston accent? I, I I'm listen. I'm not gonna say it. If I'm not gonna say it was, I'm saying as long as you made the attempt, we'll take it. <laughs> All right, moving on. Perfect. So. When you start the game, you hear Zachariah, who's your main character, narrating. Uh, one of the things he says that water is the source of all conflict, and it's true. Um, the water corporations, they all war with one another for control of resources, land, people, you name it. Now, one of the bad things uh, us Earthlings found out when we got to Mars was, well, we can't survive the atmosphere. So essentially, people, anytime they stepped out into the Martian sun, they were being irradiated to the point that they were being mutated. Um, Zach, in the, in, the, in the breakdown, he, re- he refers to them as unfortunates, um, but you'll come to later know them in the game as mutants. And essentially what happens is when the, when the radiation hits, the, hits a human, um, they start to, they start to, you start to see changes in them on, uh, on a gene level. Um, you know, you become disfigured, you have certain rashes on your skin, um, your intellect drops down, you can either become more strong or you can become strong to the point of, as a brute. And essentially, the remaining humans, um, while trying to figure out how to cure the cure the mutation, they weren't able to, so they ended up making these mutant class, they ended up making the mutants a slave class in their society. And one of the things you'll see in the game is the the place that you're in, Abundance, it's one of the oldest, oldest corporations on Mars. This is the main corporation, um, Zachariah, your character works with, um, and you live in the city of Osprey, um, which is uh, one of the oldest cities as well. Now, like I said, there's a caste system kind of in the game, as well as uh, you can see everybody how they live based on their socioeconomic situation. It's castle system, not caste system. It's not cat. Mother effort. <laughs> no, you did it. Fucking with you. No, you did it. I was like, I'm going to fly to Maryland and I'm going to drop kick you in the chest. 
<laughs> the audience will have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> no, all they know is there's some crazy black guy who has Delta credits ready to go. Because <laughs> I heard you say it right this time, and I was like, this motherfucker, he's just gonna, he's just gonna jip me like that. <laughs> he's like, he stole my moment. <laughs> I was I even unmuted myself at the beginning of that sentence, knowing what was going to happen. I'm going to go back on mute, you son of a bitch! <laughs> oh my god, what? <laughs> I hate you so much. You're welcome. I just try to bring light to your life. Boy, do you bring it <laughs> so fucking. Excuse me, y'all. So um, there's a caste system here. So essentially, as Zach's going through his overview, you see where the mutants are. They're normally held in mutant pens. Um, similar to how you see cattle held up, people in jail, slaves, however you want to call it, right? Um, the next step up from the mutant pens is the slums. So essentially, it's a shanty town. So if you've seen any dystopian Shanty towns, you might have seen them in third world countries. You might have seen them in films. You might have seen them in photos um, back during the Depression. Um, the slums is normally where you'll see most of the violence occur in abundance or excuse me, in Osprey. And they're under a, a they're under controlled by a criminal organization called the Vior, the Vori. And their leader is named Anton Rogue. Um, one thing you'll notice in the game, people don't have necessarily last names. Um, for instance, your character will be known as Zachariah Manser. Um, but at the beginning of the game, he's known as Zachariah Rogue just because he grew up in the slums of Osprey. And by that, I'm talking about if this was Mass Effect, he had the uh, Earth, Earth as his background. In other words, he gangs and all that. And he talks about being under the boot of the, the Vori. And then his powers manifested and he was able to ascend. So after the slums, next up is um, the exchange. This is also known as the source. Uh, this will be your middle class. This is where you will see monuments. You'll see housing. You'll see people with good clothing, beautiful markets. You name it. Uh, this is where, quote unquote, just like any civilization, there's always got to be politics, right? So this is essentially where your senators, your 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 representatives are. You'll also see a military presence as well as this is the home for the technomancers as well. Oh, also, and we'll talk about them later, above the assembly is known as the dowser. And these are the people on top or the the men or women behind the curtain. We'll talk about them later. But the Technomancers, they are essentially the spearhead of each corporation's armies. Brandon, when when you played the Technomancer, did you expect it to be essentially Thor the game versus him actually messing with technology? I was expecting like because you just say technomancer i thought this dude was gonna be like the mace windu of fucking watchdogs (laughs) i don't know how else to describe what i had in my head it wasn't this game i can tell you that (laughs) 
it's it's funny, right? Because when you so when you start playing, you are a cadet in the Technomancers. You you start in the barracks. You're having a conversation actually um, with a guy by the name of Scott Seeker. He ends up becoming one of your party members. He's a doctor that works in the slums. Super eccentric, um, crazy. Um, if you played, not even if you played, have you ever seen Futurama? Just think of the doctor on Futurama. That's your squad mate. He's just coming. He's just going there to wish you good luck because it's your graduation mission day. So he just want to make sure you got everything you need before you you head off. Uh, it's funny because as you're walking through the area, you can hear a, a bunch of, uh, maintenance people talking. They, they talk about how much they hate the technomancers just because everywhere they go, equipment seems to break. Now, how would I describe the technomancers? I would say it's a combination. Brandon, have you ever seen the movie Priest? No. Oh, okay. No, I have not. Have you ever seen the movie Thanks Killing? I have not. Okay. Have you seen I Equilibrium? Just wanted, I, <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to be like, what's the movie this asshole hasn't seen? <laughs> I know. I'm not dumb. <laughs> um, equal, I don't know. Have yeah, I? Yeah, with um, it's got Batman. Um, oh my God, Gore the God Which Butcher. Batman? There's been like 19 of them. <laughs> Gore. <laughs> Gore is the lead. Uh, Christian Bell. <laughs> no, then I have not. You've never seen Equilibrium? Apparently not. Okay. So, y'all, the, the best way to think of Technomancers, they are a militarized... Militarized Raiden. They are essentially Raiden from Mortal Kombat. You have lightning powers. You get a big old kendo stick to, to beat people up. <laughs> <laughs> you shoot lightning, you can lightning fist people. You fly around, you can dodge around the room like a ninja if you have your if you're using your stick. Um, but essentially the game breaks down like this. You have three different fighting types. Uh, you have a warrior class that's uh essentially you with a giant bow stick, and you can travel around the battlefield and hit uh, multiple people as well as just disrupt their attacks. The next one is the rogue class. You are given a knife that inflicts poison and a gun. Um, it's great for crowd control as well as single. And then last but not least is the Guardian. And that's essentially your, your shield and mace. And that was more parry-centric or, or more of a defensive class. So they kind of give everybody the typical RPG classes at the beginning. But the cool thing about the game is you're not necessarily locked out from using any of the weapons like you would in a traditional RPG. Only difference is whatever you decide to spec in just has more added benefits than you using any other uh, weapon. And I can say, based on all my playthroughs, regardless of which ones you actually focus on, the other weapons are still vi uh, viable as long as you have the right stats for it. But, Randy, you got anything you want to add to that, Playboy? No, man, you're absolutely crushing it. I'm just over <laughs> here, like, just sipping away. <laughs> I'm having a good time. All right. So perfect. So y'all, as a cadet, like I said, you are known as Zachariah Rogue. I realize I do not know what the name is for the female. Um, and I need to figure that out for the next episode, just in case. However, misogynist um, I am a misogynist. I only play as guys. <laughs> 
But <laughs> I didn't know you could play as a chick. I believe you could play as a chick. I think the option is there. Cause um, I've never seen that option. I'm gonna double check it because in Greedfall you can you there you can change as a woman, but I could be wrong. I know you can in Greedfall. I mm. I I played as a woman in Greedfall. Mm. Yeah, I might you know be what? wrong. While you're doing it, I'm a fact check you right now. I'm gonna boot up the game and start a new game right now. Right now, I'll just do you one right better. Now. I'll just I'll just look it up. Right, the boom it pulled up. Oh, you cannot play as a girl in the Technomancer. I was gonna say because you there's like very little character customization that you oh, do. Man. Very little. I mean, none at all. Yeah, no, very. Yeah, it's very, very tight. The yeah, o- the only thing you can do for character customization is your initial stats, and that's it. Yeah, that's about it. But even then, that 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 goes away quickly. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything <laughs> at all. But like, yeah, the game very much pushes you in one direction. Oh yeah, they were figuring it out. Yeah, that's a that we we'll almost save it for the review. Save it for the review. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down before you forget. Oh no, this one I won't. But yeah, y'all you so, say that. <laughs> if it's a good day, I'm gonna remember. Oh God, that's a. <laughs> I wouldn't rely on that at all. <laughs> well, remember, I'm editing this week, so I'm gonna hear it so many times. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) But, y'all, so just to set the scene, it is your last day as a cadet. You are going on mission. You head out. Scott lets you know, hey, you want to make sure you got all your stuff. Um, Go ahead and roll out. Your your teacher, your master, Sean, is waiting for you. Um, As you get outside, you see that Sean is overseeing training for other cadets. Now, Sean, I want you to picture, and I, this is a loose comparison. If you've ever played uh, Devil May Cry or you have a computer next to you, uh, just look up uh, Devil May Cry Virgil. Closest thing you'll you'll get to what Sean sort of looks like. But Sean's your master. He lets you know, hey, we're about to roll out for, for your big initiation. Uh, before we roll out, uh, you can. I brought all your teachers here if you want to warm up. That's essentially the game's way of sneaking in the tutorial. It's just your guy getting a workout by beating up his instructors. So once then that-, that one weird guy who's like, "You want to learn how to shoot things?" <laughs> yeah. and he's super shady about it. We're we're just gonna no. I'm not letting you just dodge over that. No, fuck you. That was so weird to me. That all the instructors are there and you walk up and you talk to them one-on-one. They're like, I'm going to teach you the art of the bow staff, Padawan. And you're like, yes, master. And then this dude's like, hey, hey, want me to teach you how to shoot shit? (laughs) 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 And and he's like in the middle of everybody else, too. So it's not stealthy at all. (laughs) It's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I do. So that's the so that's my that's my primary build is is weird shoot man. <laughs> I always play rogue. I always. I, that's what I'm rolling with right now. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, y'all. So after you have like the training montage, the '80s '80s thunder music is playing. You go to your master, and he's like, "Hey, it's time to go." So as you're leaving, you are standing at the entrance, and there is an by the name of Alan. So let me repeat that. As you are 
getting ready to leave and graduate and finally become part of the brotherhood a little a little douche a younger cadet by the name of alan starts talking junk and the game from the get-go gives you two options you can respond back to him or you can just not say anything right like i'm not gonna justify a response i'm petty so i always respond Um, oh i picked the opposite (laughs) oh you stay you stay quiet and stoic yeah he's fucking below me he's beneath (laughs) me well is this what he wants is a rise out of me oh absolutely what he wants fuck that guy Well, quick little spoiler. Just know I I curse him out just because I know later on in the game you get to put some hands on him. So <laughs> it's just my case of uh, fuck around and find out. Now there was a little extra something that happened in the training yard, though. Oh, the I think, I think you missed over the lady at the gate. Yeah, but that's it's a side quest that doesn't pertain to the main story. I got you. I got you. All right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm only I'm gonna try to use quests that kind of relate to the story. Um, and we can, we can talk about like the, the humanizing moments. Um, like that quest is a good one. Definitely for the review, just to kind of break down the different, the difference of options you have. Hey man, you're the director of, of this, of how we do this game. I'm going to follow your lead, but yeah, no, man, I'm, I know I'm, I'm taking lead. And like I told you, I just want the direction to be conversational right now. That's all I want. Just want to have a conversation with the people. Are you running for office? I am. I am. Office of Mars, baby. So, and y'all, I mean, we will talk about certain quests. I will try to make sure that it's either an exciting quest or um, something that relates just to the flow of the story. And I do want to put this out there. One thing about the game is it will bring characters in and it will completely get rid of them in a heartbeat. As you progress through the game. It was Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones. Yeah, but like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> yo, it's like some of them are just completely gone. <laughs> no explanation. No, like, <laughs> they're just gone. But well, some some have a reason. And there's one guy that's just gone for the rest of the game. And I don't know why. <laughs> oh, so anyway, so we were at Homeboy. So we were heading off. You, resp- uh, you can either stay silent or not respond to Alan. And then your master comes out and he pretty much justifies like, yo, don't waste your time. Only certain people are graduating today. Let's go. So your master, he he knows the drill. He's like, yo, Alan ain't shit. So don't, don't sweat him. Now, as you take the train, the initiation works like this. The technomancers have to go to one of the domes on Mars. It's not a dome that's occupied um, by a corporation or a different nation. It's just the fact that there are there are certain material that are sacred to the technomancers. Um, and it's necessarily the the final piece of their training that kind of glues them to the brotherhood. So as you're approaching the dome, your master lets you know like, hey, there are a bunch of scavengers around here. We need to take care of them before we go in. And then the game uses it to introduce certain mechanics as well as... Sean, your master explains the importance of like, hey, life is sacred on here. If we kill somebody, we're not going to be able to replace them. So don't kill anybody. Put them down and keep it moving. You will run into options in the game where you have to kill people. 
And the one thing I like about the game is kind of the control you have because it's it's literally anybody you fight. You do have the option to either just beat them down and keep it moving or to actually completely end them. And they kind of die really bad. So essentially they take a um, pretty much like Repo Man. They they take a gun and it, uh, it, it, it sucks out all the water in your body and puts you down completely. I like how we're we're bringing back the repo man. <laughs> I, I I like how that's going to stick around. Oh, of course, also on the not Val Kilmer list of movies is Repo Man. The tra- was a Trans Organic Orchestra or Opera. I I can't remember what the fuck it was. It's there's two. There's the uh, one of them's really really good in a shitty way, and the other one's really shitty in a good way. Um, so. Yeah. If you're watching one and it's a musical, then that's the one you want to watch. That one's good. <laughs> the other one is meh. <laughs> you don't like looking at Forrest Whitaker? <laughs> yeah, that one. It's somebody like watched the fucking the other one. It was like, what if we made this but a serious movie? And it was like, bro, like, why are you of all <laughs> the movies <laughs> you're going to fucking rip off? You're going to pick this one. <laughs> it's anyway. But yeah, no, if it's the musical one, that's the one you want to watch. It's it's unironically very good <laughs> in a terrible way. I can't describe it. Just go watch it. It's on it, the list. <laughs> if you are a fan of Buffy, the, the librarian Giles is one of the repo men in that one. He's really, really good. Really, really good. I'm going to watch it right now. Hey, there you go. <laughs> but all right, y'all, we're back. We are back to the initiation. So you're learning the, the ropes of the game. You're working with Sean to clear out the stragglers. And as you're getting closer to this dome, you get attacked by these weird Martian insects. Now, Sean's already pissed. He's like, damn it. We got to hurry up and go in there because now we got to take care of this infestation. So now after fighting your way through scavengers and and fighting your way through the, the native insectoid Martian population, you get into the dome and you get into a room. The original colonists are known as the first settlers. And the initiation process works like this. Sean has you walk up to a monitor. And he has you activate it with your Technomancer powers. When you activate the monitor, it displays a, a bit of a recording. So you see... When the colonists first arrived, as you guys remember, we were talking about how people were mutating from exposure to the sun. Well, this recording has a doctor speaking to a regular human, and the guy's talking about how great he feels. He feels more energetic, more stronger, more alert. And the doctor's talking about the the benefits, and one thing that sticks out is he, this guy shows... Um, that the fluid in his brain or his corporeal and cerebral fluid is tenfold the normal human being. So essentially the, the secret or the initiation for the technomancers is, hey, this isn't a gift. It's not like some God gave you powers or one day you woke up and you were a superhero. You're a mutant. And it's our job, number one, to keep the secret. 
we have to keep the secret. We have to continue looking for ways to get to Earth, as well as any relics that we find, like this, this video, or or books, medicine, you name it. We need to preserve it, as well as ex you know, exchange this knowledge with technomancers everywhere. So this is a very, very deep brotherhood, and definitely there's a lot of foreshadowing that happens. Kashan emphasizes that this secret cannot get out. He's like, there are people that's going to be around trying to figure this out. As well as there's a new military force in Osprey um, called the, um, the ACS. And they, they will come into play soon, but they are a main driving force in the game. After you've seen the video, you realize that you two are a mutant. Um, Sean then has you go and clear out the dome of the insects. Well, you go around, you're clearing it out, and then you fight the hive mother, the queen. After a daring battle, depending on whatever your play style is, the queen knocks you out. And before you can get the business, Sean comes to the rescue. Brandon, what did you think of that boss battle in the beginning? Um... I think it was a good introductory bot, like introduction to boss battles, if that makes sense. Like the mechanics were very. If you've played a video game before, you're oh, going to be able to beat them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, it's a good stepping stone. So I felt it was pretty good. I did like, and I know you're going to go into it here in a moment and kind of tie it all together, but I like the ending of that boss battle. Mm -hmm. the cinematic right there at the end because that does kind of bring in I'll let you dive into it but yeah I, I liked it was a good stepping stone and then it also kind of tied the information that you got from the dome to the real life effect of it and kind of give you like they don't go into it but it does really good at showing the player what exactly they heard from the, the law and yeah, and then yeah, guys, it's essentially it's essentially the the game the game's telling you that technomancers are mutants. And if if the general population, regular people find out super stealing from an X-Men storyline, they're gonna get enslaved and end up in, in pens just like the regular mutants that are living in the slums. During the during the fight with, with the hive mother you see Zachariah get knocked out and Sean saved them. And when Zachariah comes back into consciousness, you kind of get an idea of what the daily life of a technomancer is like. He can't even sleep regularly. He's com he's constantly discharging. Like he has a whole moment where he discharges a ton of electricity before waking up. And then Sean kind of lets him know like, hey, we're wrapped up here. And then you see the dome that was pristine and beautiful and had all this history and information. It's completely destroyed after the battle. So from there, you go back, you go back to the exchange to complete your, your initiation. And it's, it's a very nice scene. And, and one thing you realize about the exchange, I don't know if you got this vibe from it, Brandon, but there's a real Soviet Union vibe for, for how the town looks. Yeah, no, I can see that. It's very... It's very USSR. Mm-hmm. Because the one thing you'll see is essentially you're in a church. Um, they are 
congratulating you on the mission. They're letting you know, hey, it's your job to maintain order. It is your do- your job um, to protect the secret. And because you know this secret, you're not a cadet anymore. Cadet anymore. You're a brother. So they provide him water as well. Um, there, it's it's funny because it's a giant communion service <laughs> to wrap up your initiation. It's uh, it's the best way to say uh, your boys become a man. Yeah, a brother and a and officially an officer because only officers are are allowed to do it. But yeah, it's essentially just a big fucking communion. <laughs> <laughs> Legit, but it, it's cool though because then it has like a whole little. Uh, I would say it got a little uh, King Arthur with it, because then after that you're surrounded by your brothers and their super kendo sticks, and then they they all slam the the ground of electricity, and you see the symbol of the city, and instead of like sickle, the sickle and the hammer is like two hammers and a gear. It's it's it looks really really cool. Your character Zach is a man now. And first order of business, he gets a sign. He's an officer, as Brandon says, or as I like to call it, you become a beat cop. So um, one thing about Technomancers and even your 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 master lets you know from the get go, he's like, hey, man, um, normally you would get sent to the war. You would be on the front lines, most likely dying. Um, but you have the opportunity to just actually be an officer and handle stuff here in the city. So while you're an officer in here, I need you to do me a favor and I need you to look into a thing for me. So there's a merchant that's coming to town with information in regards to relics, you know, hopefully maybe more information about the technomancers and maybe a way to uh, contact earth. So your master lets you know, he wants you to do an invest, you know, investigate what the caravan guy has and report back to him. Now, before you handle that, you have an option. You can go and, and handle your, your master's mission, or you can go ahead and report to uh, your, what would we say, your, your duty station? Yeah, you could say that, I guess. Yeah. So you got to first, you can show up at your job and talk to your supervisor. And Brandon, do you remember the name of your supervisor? Not even fucking remotely. <laughs> I call him good guy, Greg. Good guy, Greg. This is how I know my man's a progressive. So good guy, Greg, is known as Captain Elisa Majors. And even the even the people at the, the Technomancer Temple tell you, she's harsh, but she's fair. She's good peoples. And when you meet her, she's essentially like, um, I would say Barbara Gordon from uh, Batman Beyond. You know what? Right. I could say that. Oh, Odin is with us, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all can pull up to your job and like, she, oh, she does not fuck around. She's like, hey, I heard good things about you. Looking forward to working for you. Um, she assigns two guys to you. Um, one guy's name is Jeffrey. Another one's name is David. I'm going to tell you straight up right now. One of them is a plot device. Because as soon as you wrap up this act one, both of them are gone. They are so gone that they, they barely give you any perks to your character, minus one or two things. But essentially, you get assigned a unit. Jeffrey is your typical, hey, I, I love the army. 
I love people. I do everything by the book. We're going to be best friends. Essentially, he's your Jimmy Olsen with a rifle. And then you have David. David is your typical military man. Grew up in a harsh environment. Uh, grew up in a harsh home. Completely a drunk. Uh, he... <laughs> David's just there for the paycheck and whatever happens, happens. It's just like the real military. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, which one were you? Uh, man, I was just there for the paycheck. <laughs> yeah, I just called it what I'm it calling, is. I'll call it bullshit. You started out as Jeffrey and then ended up as David. <laughs> just the good old US of A, you know? <laughs> But yeah, so she assigns you this and your first mission from the get go is we got a guy that's deserting. He's leading a whole bunch of deserters. We need you to go in and bring him in for information so we can find other cells as well as this lady is no joke. She wants you to kill the other deserters in the meantime because the mission only calls for you to bring in the one guy. And to kill the other so that way it's less of a mess. And it, it doesn't look as bad on the um, on the abundance military. So, and you're also on a time. You only have one day to find all these people. Because you will have time-sensitive quests. Um, they give you plenty of time to do it. You can do tons of things um, before the timer runs out. Once you actually know how to play and you understand the game. Like, you can, you can do a whole swath of missions before doing it. Um, but essentially, you need to go and find these deserters. When you start putting them down, you have the option to kill them. So I've done both options. I've killed them and I've spared them. If you do kill them, it leads you to a special a special a quest for David. If you don't kill him, he's copacetic with you. Um, Brandon, did you, what did you do in that mission? I'm currently on that mission. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. So this is all news to me. I'm just chilling. <laughs> like, I'm just here breathing at this point. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you right now, spoiler warning. <laughs> so, no, nah, it's all right. I had this coming. No, <laughs> uh, at least act I deserve one, right? this. I deserve this. <laughs> Oh man, get good. But y'all, so you are running through the, the caverns of Mars, putting down deserters. You put them down in the slums, you put them down in the caverns as you're getting closer and closer. And the main leader, the the, the main leader of deserters at this time on this mission, and I should have said his name and I apologize, y'all. His name is Boris. Oh wait, uh it is Boris. Boris Ward. Of course it's Boris. Of fucking course it's Boris. <laughs> tell you, there's a whole Russian vibe to this game. <laughs> like, I, I'm not even surprised. So, one cool thing about the game that I, I do enjoy is there's always certain uh, colorful commentary while you're on mission or while you're doing a particular mission, depending on who's the people you have in your group. And as you're fighting the deserters and you're getting closer and closer to Boris's location, David is trying to rationalize as to why you shouldn't kill these guys. 
Because mind you, David's the drunk. He's the one that hates the military, but he does his job because it's a paycheck. But he's like, hey, you know, these guys have been through so much. Um, you know, there, there has to be a better way to do it. We should not have to put them down. There are people, blah, 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 right? So when you get to where Boris's location is, Boris lets you know from the get-go, like, hey, I was you. At one point, I was a loyal dog to abundance. I went and I fought their wars, their battles. I did their dirty work. He's like, I did it for years, for years, for years. And now I'm finally making a choice and I'm finally, you know, deciding to fight for myself. And what do they do? They send another loyal dog to put me down. Because essentially that's what a technomancer is. It is the loyal guard dog of abundance. So you have a choice. Well, you don't have a choice. Your your guy, Zachariah, is like, all right, we're going to throw hands. Let's throw hands. And it's going down. <laughs> it's going down. You're going to catch some hands. So as you put the submaca down on all the all the deserters in the room and Boris, the, the fight will pause once you get him down to a certain health margin. And you have the choice. You can let him go. You can arrest him. Or you can outright kill him. I have, I've killed Boris, I've arrested Boris, and as of eight hours ago, <laughs> I actually let Boris go this time. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how that impacts my relationships toward the end of the game. Look at you, you bleeding heart. <laughs> yeah, I, this is my, uh, my soft run, as in I'm letting a lot of people run away, except certain criminals so these are certain these are the certain quests i do want to talk about part of the um the beat cop storyline of act one so your claim to, your claim to fame is this y'all um you do this mission if you've killed the des- if you've killed the deserters you kept them alive whatever you decide to do with boris um it will impact you and it does show back up unless you kill him if you kill him it's a one and done and it affects your relationships down the road if you actually arrest him, there is an opportunity to um, rectify that. Now, in terms of letting him go, I don't know what the consequences are, but I'll let you guys know probably in Act 2 or Act 3 of this series. So, I think we're going to take a little, little pause break. We hit the one hour mark already. We're only getting started. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're just <laughs> we're just now getting into it. But yeah, let's, uh, we can go on a little break, Epoo. A little break, Epoo. We'll be right back, y'all. Don't tell me what to do. Welcome back, everybody. I have so many things to talk about. So many. <laughs> we'll take we'll take a break from setting up all the characters <laughs> of the world. What's going on, man? What what did you was, find on our break? So while I was uh while I was taking a little a little lunchy poo during our break, I uh, I was looking into something. Oh god. Mm, oh god. Yeah. So I was looking into uh repo. Uh-huh. So first of all, it's called Repo the Genetic Opera. The genetic opera. I'm like, it, it was something. Yeah, you you were really close. <laughs> to be fair, like, 
Like that was really fucking close. <laughs> that was way closer than what I got because it's not even Repo Men like I've been calling it. It's just called Repo. <laughs> so close you got enough. really close i was nowhere near the mark i might as well went the opposite direction but um i was looking at like the cast and shit because i was like damn like this is such a cult classic movie right and do you want to know who the fuck is in this movie yeah lay it down who's who's the cast all right so paris hilton obviously is one of them right but like who cares about that? The big, the star is um, Alexa Penavega, which might mean nothing to you, but you might remember her, you know, being the same age as me, as being Carmen Cortez and fucking Spy Kids. Yeah, because her name, her acting name is Alexa Vega. <laughs> she dropped the penna. It's Hollywood. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta drop the the ethnicity when you go. <laughs> Bro, I did not know that was the same person. <laughs> like, oh, dead ass! I yeah. only saw her in Spy Kids. You know what I mean? Like that's the only thing I knew her from. Oh, damn, kid! Yeah, my dude. Wait, she was in Twister? I think as a kid. She was the little girl? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bro, what the fuck? Yeah, dude. Dog, she, yeah, I've she been got, sleeping. She got some credits, yo. Um, fucking her, the dude who played her brother in Spy Kids. He's, uh, he's married to, um, damn, what's that, that singer, Megan? Megan, the blonde Rainer? chick. Yes, yeah, her. No, he's, really? Yeah, yo, my man. This is he's he's married and Dude. and he made babies with Megan Trainor. <laughs> he's only a year younger than us. Yeah, yo. I saw a photo of him, yo. It, he literally looks like the same dude. It, like he, he looks, looks like, exactly the yeah. same. <laughs> like, he did. He, he got a little scruff. A <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, fucking Alexa is over here looking like a whole ass different human being. Yo, you know who's in this movie that we like? A lot of people will be like, "What?" Uh, Paul Servino. What? <laughs> he's yeah. Paul Servino's in this movie. No. Yes, he is. I'm looking at it out. Yes, he plays Largo. Oh, wow. I I think he, if I remember, he played like the dad or he played one of the aristocrats in the movie. Yeah, he's the uh, the CEO guy. Mm -hmm. He's he's the one who, uh, he's like the the antagonist of the movie. Yes. Also, did you know he was in the uh, Hey Arnold movie? No. Yes, he was. He did one of the voices. No, swear really? to God, yeah, he did one of the voices. Yes, he did. He did uh, Alphonse Perrier Duvon Sheck. Man, I, I haven't seen that movie in years. I just knew that he did it yet because he's been he's been in a lot of stuff, yo. He was he's been in a lot of things that don't involve uh, the mafia. Well, I mean, he's been acting since 1970. Cool, my man been around for a minute, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's got. Oh, no, that was, those are still to be released, but he starred in two movies uh, before he died that haven't been released yet. My Jurassic Place and Pursued. My, what did, what did you just say to me? Did you swear at me? I did. Well, you know what? 
sir. I'm gonna take this to the streets. The streets. Who are you, my ex-wife? Belong <laughs> <laughs> to the streets. I'm taking it to the streets, <laughs> and I'm taking your Camaro as well. No, I've never owned a Camaro. I've actually never owned a sports car ever at all in my life. Ever. Um, I mean, kind of. No. Technically, I owed a. Uh, when I say I owned, I was 13. So remember this. Oh um, my god! Yeah, oh. my dad bought me a uh, a '68 GTO chassis. It was just the chassis, um, and uh, with the intent of you know fixing it up, and that was how he was going to teach me about cars. Was you know building up this fucking '68 GTO, which is every dude's fucking dream car. I'm I'm over <laughs> here like I'm <laughs> now. I want to know what, like where's the GTO? <laughs> uh, the bank took it. Uh, the bank took everything. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, then my second car was a oh, what the fuck was it? I'm I, I like I'm looking at it in my brain. I can't remember what it was. It was a Honda Civic. No, 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 <laughs> it was no, a no. SI. No, it was a Mitsubishi. It was a, Cougar. a Cougar. Was it a Cougar? What was her name? Oh man, hold on. Did she ride you like a sports car? <laughs> yeah, it was a Mercury Cougar. A Mercury Cougar. I do not remember yep. that. This sounds like a car that you would see in um, Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> and for everybody pulling it up, it is not the '60s version. It's not oh, yeah. the. It's not the. Uh, um, is, is it the, <laughs> the muscle is it car the, version? Is it the red one that looks like the uh, the updated Pontiacs? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it was one of those. Oh God, dude, that antenna is obnoxious. It looks like yep. you're driving a Teletubby. <laughs> Yeah, that was my that was my second car, and then after that, I got a. What's that one? We called it the oh, it was a it was a Cobalt. Yeah, because I remember riding in the in the in the Cobalt in Alabama, mm-hmm. yo, mm-hmm. kept me alive, oh, no. dude. That was the Pope mobile. No, that wasn't in Alabama. No, the Combat Cobalt got sold in Virginia before I went to Alabama. You were Ooh. in the uh, the Dodge, the Dart. Oh, that's right. That's right. I was in the Shuriken. So all of those cars should be muscle cars. However, I none of them were muscle cars. They were all the <laughs> the family ones. Yeah, because everybody's like, you had a dart? No, not the not the eighties dart. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, not your dad's. The new one. Brandon ain't got that kind of money, y'all. <laughs> no. No, and then the cobalt. There's just no saving the cobalt. That's basically just a cavalier. <laughs> Yo, I don't. You. I don't care what you say, man. The combat cobalt, especially in Need for Speed, does the Lord's work. It does do the Lord's work, but we got way. <laughs> <laughs> a, we were we were overdue for a side quest. Yes, we were, especially with my <laughs> rambling. <laughs> yeah, I probably won't get uh, another car for a long ass while. Not until they figure out what's gonna happen in Taiwan. No, you're not. No, not even remotely. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, think about it. Use cars, and then we'll go back to the main topic. Used cars are like automatically running like 20k. (laughs) That's not right. No, that's not right. That defeats the purpose. Yo, I had a homie. They they were looking at a car, and they were like, "Yeah, it's they're like." 30 40k and i'm like used it yeah i'm like oh my god no 
No, you can just fucking, you might as well just fucking shove a Q-tip up my dick. I ain't doing it. Oh my, that is wor- wor- sir. You never Lord. had that? You never had to get checked? Uh, no, yeah, I've gotten checked, but I've, they, I believe I've done the blood test. Oh, you got checked for the hardcore shit. Yeah, I, I didn't do the, uh, like, hey, Papa Swap. I'm like, yo, what are my options? Because I'm always going to take a needle in the arm instead of a, a Q-tip <laughs> to the dick. Like, yo, I, I will more than, I will give you everything and more. Because normally with the blood, it's like, it covers the gist of it. Because, like, the the tip, I feel like it's like, hey, I saw something leaking and I need to know. <laughs> no, it was- just say it was a sketchy weekend, and I, I preemptively got you. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, this shit, yo, that man, uh, that's a that's a whole conversation offline with insurance. But yeah, <laughs> oh, my foot's free. <laughs> get, get, the army needs to know, man. <laughs> They're like, hey, am I sending you to combat with gonorrhea? <laughs> also, it was good. <laughs> Fucking aces all across the board. Oh, clearly, or your wife would not be with you. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but y'all, other other than getting, oh my god! Oh, now I'm just thinking about a Q-tip. Why would you do that to me? You're welcome. <laughs> oh my god! From what I understand, that that's actually no longer a thing. I think they got rid of that. I Pretty think now, the- like. Like, science is good to the point where you can just do a pee test. <laughs> well, remember, man, there was a time you didn't even do a test. You just did the, you did a clap <laughs> and hope for the best. <laughs> Give yourself oh, an applause. <laughs> oh, man, I like a standing O. <laughs> Weren't standing. <laughs> All right, y'all. Before oh, we get canceled, fuck. Yeah. Anywho, where where were we, <laughs> bro? We finished off the first mission with the deserters. Like, can you oh, imagine that right. on your first day? Hey, I need you to go murder a bunch of people to keep make keep us looking good. Yes, as I can. Well as... <laughs> You're like Kenny. Do you know what organization I work for? <laughs> oh man. But and I would have the same emotional reaction as Zachariah did, to be honest. <laughs> Yo, the you know what's the funny thing? Let like let's say you do it all, you murder everybody, and and um, you turn dude man in. Just so you know, you're number one. You're turning them into torture because that comes up. Because you you will you will it comes up. So he's getting tortured and um, <laughs> freaking. I see the, no flaws so far. So no flaws. Yo, what you do on that mission? If you end up murking those people, David leaves your group and you have literally there's a quest line where you have to track him down. And your boss is like, hey, you need to wrap this up because this is going to look bad on you if your own men don't want to follow you. And I'm looking at her like, bitch, you told me I had to. <laughs> like, those are my orders. <laughs> Wait a minute. This whole operation was your idea. <laughs> <laughs> now I got to I gotta go convince the man to hang out with me still. But it, it's cool in the sense of even if you're playing a good character, but let's say you play a good character that's like, hey, I'm following orders to the T. Um, the quest does kind of give you an option to kind of redeem yourself 
in his eyes. And it's it's a really good conversation. So I do recommend if if you do follow the mission to the T, um, you'll enjoy the David mission. Um, but yeah, that's like that's an action-packed first day for a brand new beat cop, right? He's having a good time, man. Right. So essentially you get all this stuff done and you go back and you report in. And she's like, all right, just so you know, we have an escort mission. Ah, um, for you next on top of that's that, why I got we- tested. I couldn't resist. I couldn't I, resist. Mm, mm, well, it's funny, right? Because there's a fine ass girl by the name of Nisha that's on this escort mission. Yeah. Nisha, Nisha. That <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite party members. One of my favorite. But uh, Nisha. But so you get this escort mission as well as. She's like, all right, Zachariah, I've heard rumblings of rebels and whatnot. So you also got to do a little investigating as well. So this is the time you're going to the slums. This is also the time, depending on how you play, you may want to clear up that original mission as well as, excuse me, original mission for your Technomancer master master about finding the the traitor of the caravan. Say that ten oh. times fast. Say Sir, the caravan. I can't even do it. Technomancer, master. technomancer, technomancer, technomancer. I can't even do it twice. <laughs> Fucking yo! So you you'll go down. This is your introduction to the to the Vori or the cr- criminal organization in abundance or in the abundance corporation, right? And because you go around talking to the traders, because the traders are nowhere to be found. And you talk to one that's like, hey, man, they pulled up and they didn't pay their their dues, if you know what I mean. So then you have to go to on um and and rogue himself, the, the head honcho. Of the Vori, and you have to straight up ask him, like, yo, what's going on? And then you have the option to pay their debt to get them out. Or you can convince him to let them out. Like, hey, you got to scratch my back for me to scratch your back. And then it does open the option for you to do work for the Vori as an officer in the city. I did it for my first playthrough because I was running a, a bad man. And um, very bad. Did very bad things. But it's it's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, you, you do like weapon smuggling. Like you beat up on your own officers. Uh, you beat up on people, but the cool thing about it is, even though you're working, you're doing missions for the Vori, you can still do good in the missions. I like for me when I when I did their missions, I would I do it as long as I was hustling people, but if it came down to hurting or killing people, I would flip on them. And and mind you, there's so, even there's even a mission down the way that it, you will hear about in Act Two that actually involves a bit of a. Uh, Pimping gone wrong, if you know what I mean. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. I haven't been there yet. <laughs> oh, use the controller, damn it. <laughs> it's, it's made for controller. It's not made for, for mouse and key. <laughs> no, you, tr- trust me. I know. <laughs> it was oh, very gosh. apparent. Even in the tutorial yard. <laughs> like, this is like, this is dumb. This is a bad idea. <laughs> like, knowingly fucking up. And I just keep going. Just plowing. <laughs> My man said he's going gonna to be the very best. <laughs> but yo, like, yo, can you imagine your first day as a cop? Hey, I need you to murder a bunch of people. I need you to 
um, negotiate with the criminal underworld. Um, also, fun fact, in this universe, if you want to join Gla- um, Glatoro, Gladiator, if you want to be a gladiator on Mars, all you got to do is go to your local bar. Well, yeah, so that's I assume that's how it happened back in the day, too. I don't think anything really changed. <laughs> just walk it. I mean, yo, actually, yeah, yeah. You just walk into a bar, put down some money, and then throw some hands. Yeah, man. I mean, that or be a slave. <laughs> but, you know. Your options are available, right? There, there was multiple routes to promotion is what I'm saying. HR was not picky. Oh, man. Clearly. So... So there's also a side quest that pops up for Scott around this time as well. And it definitely, it sets the tone for one of the subplots that explains one of the main plots of the game. Um, Scott needs you to look into uh, finding a particular scientist. Um, You reach out to his research assistant, you get information, you work with, uh, you either work with your captain, you can work with the Vori to get information but needless to say, you find out that the guy that Scott, the doctor from the beginning, your friend and party mate, the guy got taken by the ACS. Now, you've heard me say the ACS earlier. Um, imagine imagine the CIA run by J. Edgar Hoover, but on Mars. And sprinkle in some uh, Inquisition on top of that. Right? So they're essentially like the big brother of the city, as well as, and I, I forgot to mention this after your graduation, there's a guy by the name of Victor. Victor uh, Vega. Victor Victor Vega. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Alexis, is that you? <laughs> no. Antonio Banderas is the, is the main villain of the game. <laughs> the dad from Spy Kids. <laughs> no, but there's a dude by the name of Victor Watcher. And I will say this, man, about the game. Like, how they introduce you to him. I feel like he comes off as that creeper guy that kind of wants to bang you. <laughs> there's always one in every every right. office environment. Like, it was bound to happen. Because there's a conversation you have with the guy, Victor, who's the, the head of the ACS. He's like, hey, man, I see that you just graduated. Um, you know, it's a good thing to have friends in high places. And those friends can do things for you as long as you do things for them. I'm like, yo. Yeah, Harvey like, Weinstein, is that you? <laughs> like, I'm like, I can't find the creeper van on the map. <laughs> like, he's such a creepy antagonist because I'm like, I think you're trying to touch my character. Then, like, <laughs> But yeah, so he's the head of the ACS, right? Um, What's ACS even... stand for again? ACS stands for, and I did not pull that up like a dummy. Thank you for for saying that. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm here for us. <laughs> <laughs> like I played the game, and like I'm like literally just living in the world. Like oh, ACS, they're bad. They suck. <laughs> oh no, you throw an acronym past me that I don't know. I'm gonna ask. <laughs> Excuse me, I fucked up, found it. It's not ACS. Oh my god. Who is it then? What is it? It's it's the ASC. I wrote it, I wrote it down in my book as ACS. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, ASC, y'all. I'm so sorry. So they're the abundance security committee. <laughs> they're I hate worse. You so much. <laughs> 
Man, yo, it's hard. It's hard to play and take notes. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> this is the first time I had to like speed play to like kind of like get <laughs> some details. First of all, I know your ex. I know this isn't the first time you had to speed play. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> you can lie to them, but you can't lie to me. <laughs> no, I only do that to T Human. That's the only one I can run without thinking. But yeah, sorry. That is the Abundance Security uh, Committee, but they're pretty much the Inquisition of the CIA. Just to go back where we left off. So, like I said, there is the you you report back to your captain. She's like, hey, you're killing it on your first day. Here's what's going on. Now you need to escort these delegates to the exchange or to the source where the assembly is or the governing body. And then there's another one where you're investigating. Um, you're investigating the resistance in abundance. Well, to kind of wrap up this action packed day. If you were to, let's say, investigate the resistance first. Uh, Zachariah figures out that they're actually planning a giant terrorist attack in the city. So you go into the slums and you're and you talk to a few people and you end up talking to um Anton Rose. You're you're it's funny how your relationship in this game with the criminal element it reminds me um have you seen the expanse yet? No, I have not. Y'all, if you want to picture the world of this game, I should have said it right at the beginning. Um if you've ever seen the show The Expanse, that's essentially the that's the closest thing to Technomancer without playing the Technomancer. I was just gonna say Cyberpunk Mad Max. That is the even better. <laughs> that is that, even that, that's better. how I've been equating it in my head. I never said anything. <laughs> <laughs> you should have said that out loud. <laughs> Why did you hide that gold? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, y'all, to kind of wrap up like the, the your first day, there's a huge terrorist plot going on and you got to oh, run no. back and stop it. <laughs> like, yo, this is so much for a cop. <laughs> I know Zach, guy. he's like making 35K. He's like, I'm too old for this shit. Essentially, you... It's a lot that happens in this damn game, you know, like all in one day. <laughs> um, so you have to take off and then you fight in different parts of the city, fighting the resistance um, to get to the bomb. And you're told that the leader of the terrorists is a man. And the, the leader of the and he and as you approach the train station, excuse me, um, you approach the train station. You find out it's a woman and she asks you straight up. You got two options. You can let me go and keep the bomb so we can fight another day as well as or you can arrest me. And, you know, they're going to torture me for everything and anything. Um, It's such a it's a small decision up front, but it does impact you later on in the game. Uh, It's funny, man, because in in one playlist, I did arrest her (laughs) and that came back to bite me. And then the other one, I I let her go, and it and it does help you later on. But it's it's crazy in the sense of I always like it in in, in films and movies when they kind of they find creative ways to justify why the terrorist or the villain is doing what they're doing. And in her case, she's not necessarily bombing the city because she just wants to bomb the city. 
She's bombing the city because she wants to cut off the connection to the main road. If she cuts off the connection to the main road, she cuts off the fighting of the war that's going on in abundance. And I, I was wanting to talk about that in the next episode. Currently, there's a there's a war going on with your city and another city. And we'll we'll talk about it because the the other city's technomancers are are interesting and they run completely different from the technomancers that we've been following. But essentially, they're tired of the war. They're tired of resources going to that. They're tired of people going off dying. And it's funny because Sean, your master, as you're going through your training, he talks about that, how technomancers don't have any free will, how they send they send them off to die on the front lines. So the the war plays a pivotal part. And even then you actually later on in the game get to play a part in the war. So it'll be it'll be real fun and interesting. But. And this is the they're calling it the water war, right? Yeah, this is the water the war, war of yes. water or water on war on the water. Right. Or something mm-hmm. weird. It's something something goofy. It's, it's nothing crazy. I think Mars war logs mentions it. And let me pull that up real quick. Because it was like it was a it was a goofy name and it was like war of water or water on war or some it was something weird that they called it. It's the only reason I remember it. <laughs> it's because it was goofy. It's the the war of water. War of water. Okay. War of water. So pretty straightforward and to the point. Yeah, lets you know right up front what it's about. <laughs> but I think this is where we're gonna stop it, just because there's oh neat. more on and on and on. But however, just so you know, um the players are set, we are in abundance. You are Zachariah Manser. The Technomancer. Um, you have single-handedly addressed the deserter situation. You have stopped a bomb. And then next week, you're about to escort a couple delegates to the Senate. What could happen? No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. And since this is a video game, everything will go 100% smoothly. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, they do you dirty in that mission. They oh God! Do you real, they do you real dirty. <laughs> I have a, I have a week to get there. <laughs> Use the damn controller. No. <laughs> oh shit! Well, y'all, I believe next week is Halo. Yes, it is. Yes, it oh, is. Man, so back back to the regular broadcasting. Yep, yep, yep. Fucking Halo next week, and then we'll be back. Season two will make its entrance again um, somewhere between the, tw- oh, wow, the 20th to the 21st. <laughs> it's going to be a fun one. <laughs> we'll, do a a, re- we'll do a recap. We'll do a yeah, recap. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do a brief summary before we move. But yeah, so uh, yeah, next week will be Halo, so come in for that. This week, I hope you enjoyed the start of Season 2. I'm really excited. Um, 
We're going to do Technomancer. That's going to be a few episodes, right, Ken Dog? That's it's going to be at least four. Uh, four, five, four, five. If I keep it nice and tight, but if I go over all the quests and stuff, literally ten, twelve. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of so, because of Technomancer, the way it's set up, there's very little. Um, it's not a huge public game. So if there are any questions that you guys have, be sure um, every episode has a link to leave us a voicemail. If you are a mobile listener, and I know that a majority of our listeners are on mobile, if you are a mobile listener, you will have to download an app called Anchor in order to leave us a voicemail. But please leave us a voicemail and ask questions as we go through it, uh, because that will kind of direct us in the direction that we need to go lore-wise. Or feel free to send us an email at youmeandlore at gmail.com and ask any questions that you have there. And we will be happy to answer them as we go and dive into the lore of tech of the Technomancer. Well said. That was beautiful. The only thing I had scripted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh but yeah, no, Ken Dog, I'm excited for this one, man. I think you picked a good game. It's something that not a lot of people know about. I I, I think it's gonna be a good one for us to dive into and kind of test our metal a little bit. I think yeah, I think you did good. There is some tweaking. <laughs> There's some tweaking that's gonna happen. Hey man, we'll this is this is your your orchestra. I'm gonna let you play it. <laughs> you just tell me what key to be in, brother. <laughs> well, and with that, Brandon, play us out. <laughs> we don't got a lawyer. What are you doing? <laughs> I sang as many notes as you are able to do. Relax. <laughs> oh man but hey thanks for joining us this week be sure to be sure to tune in next week we will be going to halo episodes drop every weekend with at least one episode guaranteed sometimes we trick everybody and we'd like to double up episodes so you're guaranteed at least an episode a week like i said before be sure to follow us on facebook twitter instagram wherever you like to go and put your socials and make sure to always tune in on your favorite app We are currently on six platforms soon. That will be turned to five, but don't worry. We'll bring it right back up to six. The uh, biggest thing you can do while you do have the option to donate to us, do not donate to us. If you are not financially stable, hold that money. We don't need your money. We're going to be okay. I hope you're going to be okay. The biggest thing that you can ever do for us is to like subscribe and be sure to share on your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, wherever you feel like sharing. That is the biggest thank you that you could possibly give us it literally makes my heart jump whenever we look at our numbers go up it's true we drive them to the hospital every time it happens every time i got a bad heart so let's see how many uh it's going to take to make me go into cardiac arrest but (laughs) i'm just kidding i don't have a bad heart um (laughs) but yeah with that being said i've been your co-host brandon wainer with me as always has been kenny the ken dog gomez we'll see you guys next week later y'all see you hey thank you for listening everyone be sure to subscribe to us on spotify apple Podcasts, amazon music google Podcasts, and stitcher uh, to stay up to date on all things lore also check us out on facebook instagram twitter and youtube to leave feedback and make suggestions on what series to do next you, Me, and Laura is an original podcast written and produced by Brandon Weiner and Kenny Gomez. 
We do not own the rights to any of the artistry. All rights are owned by their respective companies. Sound and editing by Kenny Gomez and Brandon Weiner. Intro composed and played by Achilles Amistad. Transitions and outro composed and played by Sam Gibbs. Both can be found on Fiverr.com. For inquiries, information, and feedback, please visit You, Me, and Lore on Facebook or email us directly at youmeandlore at gmail. Bye-bye.